0: Are you ready to dive into the powerful truth that the kingdom of heaven has for us? Let's join our host, Ruth Hendrickson for real truth with Ruth as we dive into the word of God. I'm sure you're all familiar with stagnant water. You know, when you walk by that body of water that doesn't have any life, that isn't flowing, and there's a stench that goes with it, there's a smell. Because water has to keep moving. And I want to say this to us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, is we have to keep moving. Scripture tells us that we were created to go from glory to glory. Psalm 23 says we journey through the valley of the shadow of death. It doesn't say that we sit there. And so we have to understand that life, a walk with the Lord, walking with Jesus Christ always involves movement. And that movement also needs to be going forward. And with that, I titled this session, Keep Moving. Because so often we actually have to be reminded that we need to keep moving or we'll become stagnant. And when we become stagnant, we can be pretty sure that not only are we going to be ineffective for the kingdom of heaven, but we're also going to get ourselves into trouble. So just right now, just tell yourself to keep moving because that's part of walking with the Lord. And with that, we're going to dive into 1 Kings 19. This is actually the call of Elisha. And, and Elijah the prophet comes to Elisha out in the field, and that's where we're going to join in. It's in verse 19. So Elijah went and found Elisha, the son of Shabbat, plowing a the field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left his, the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah and said to him, first, Let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elisha was plowing with the 12th team of oxen. We need to understand that because the number 12 in scripture usually refers to leadership or government. God was calling Elisha into a new season, but to enter that new season, he had to leave something behind. So picking up with the scripture again, Elijah replied, go back, but think about what I have done to you. We have to understand that when walking into a new season, it is vital to remember what God has done for us and to us. Verse 21, so Elijah returned to his oxen and he slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire to roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople and they all ate. Then he went with Elisha as his assistant. You see, Elisha literally, literally set fire to his past. In other words, there was no plan B. There was no plow to hang on to. He fully trusted the prophet, and he fully trusted in the word of God. Something had resounded within his spirit. You see, he had reached a point where he could only look forward and not look behind. When I went to leave my full-time pastoral position, somebody very near and dear to me and who I really expected a person of authority and great wisdom as a general rule said to me, well, if this doesn't work out, if you're going to do itinerant ministry, if, if the traveling doesn't work out, you can always do, come right back to that, that standard pastoral position, which there's nothing wrong with that as long as God's called you to do it. The thing was with me is there couldn't be a plan B, and I knew that. I knew the word of God on my life. I knew the timing. He, God had made that very clear. And so basically I had to find a way to burn the plow like Elijah did. So I couldn't go back to my past because there could not be a plan B. One of the things the Lord really showed me as I walked out that season is when we take a risk, when we enter into a new season, when we're pulled out of our comfort zone, we can actually romanticize the past season. You see, sometimes we have to leave the good to go for the best. Sometimes we have to leave the good to go for the great. Sometimes we have to leave the good or a precious season to walk into the more of what God has for us. If we don't make that transition, then we actually become stagnant. Again, Elijah had reached a point where he could only look forward and he could not look behind. Which brings me to another thought. Something else the Lord had showed me is if you go to the story of Lot's wife. Now, Lot was Abraham's nephew and he lived in the city of Sodom. And the Lord actually sent angels to Lot and his family to tell them, you know, that the city was going to be destroyed to leave. Now, we tend to think that if we're holding, the, literally holding the hands of angels and they tell us to flee, that we're going to flee and we're just going to keep our eyes set on wherever they're going. But Scripture tells us that Lot's wife looked back. And with that, she became a pillar of salt. And as I studied that, the Lord asked me another question. He said, Am I building a monument to my past or am I moving forward into my future? Because as soon as I begin to build a monument to my past, I have just become stagnant. I have to be so radically willing to look ahead to my future, even if I don't understand it, that the past can't have a hold on me. Again, sometimes we have to walk away from the familiar to go with God into that new season. So some questions we need to ask ourselves is, do I have a plan B? What is it? Is it a God plan B? Or is it my safety net? Where am I still holding on to the past? And is there something that I'm too afraid to let go of that keeps me from moving into my future, that's making me stagnant? A point to ponder, it's possible that if Elijah had kept the plow, He never would have become the prophet that God was calling him to be. An example, and I've referenced this before, is the older generation of Israelites when they were traveling through the desert. The group, the original group that left Egypt, some of them kept hanging on to Egypt. Somebody once said that God took them out of Egypt, but he didn't get Egypt out of the people what's my Egypt? What's your Egypt? What needs to be gotten out of me so that I can walk in the fullness of what God has? Luke 9, 62 out of the Passion Translation says, Jesus responded, why do you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. You see, facing forward, continuing to move requires defining decisions. You know, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Not only do we have to let go of the past, sometimes even the good things, but moving forward also requires us to make defining decisions. Without these decisions, we will stagnate. Am I so glued to God? Has his dream within me marinated so much that I stick like super glue? Let me give you another example going back to Elijah and Elisha. 1 Kings 2, 1-10 When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together to Jericho. Then the group of prophets from Jericho came to Elijah and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of the prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elisha and Elisha stopped before the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The water divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elijah, Tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elisha replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. You see, we have to understand the purpose, the call, and the direction, the timing that God gives us the ability, and and then through that, God gives us the ability to stick with it, even when there's temptation to walk away. In that scripture passage, the other prophets knew that Elijah was about to go to heaven. Remember what I say about naysayers. I don't think that the prophets in any way meant to discourage Elisha. They may have even wanted him to know he wasn't alone, that they knew that they understood. However, in that moment, they were a voice that he couldn't listen to because he could not allow fear to enter into the journey. That fear would stagnate him in his calling and keep him from going forward. It's interesting also that none of those supposed prophets walked with Elijah. They were willing to watch from a distance. It is only Elisha that stuck like glue. Again, we talked in an earlier podcast about Peter getting out of the boat. It's the same concept, different account. Peter was willing to take a risk and stick like glue to Jesus. Elisha was willing to ask for more than he could even ask her imagine. He didn't hold back. When when Elijah asked him what he wanted, he said, give me a double portion. Again, he wasn't going to let anything stand in the way. When we look to our future with expectation, it needs to be an expectation that's above and beyond what we could ever ask or imagine, or that's above and beyond what we're trying to hold back to. We can't walk in fear. We can't walk in insecurity. We can't walk in a poverty mindset. We can be bold and audacious enough to ask the Lord for a double portion. I think it's interesting that Elijah even told Elisha to stay, and he refused. In fact, he was told that numerous times he was told to stay. It's also important to realize that sometimes along the way, God will give us outs. The question is, what are we going to do with that? Are we going to keep with that? Are we going to go the distance? I remember the Lord showing me a picture one day. It was as I was getting ready to resign from a a really secure full-time position And the Lord showed me a picture of the stove and on the front, the front burner of that stove, which would represent what you're actively working on, was that pastoral position that I had at the church. And on the back burner was what the the dream that God had placed within me, kind of simmering away. And the Holy Spirit said, if you want to stay at this job, if you want to stay here, then I'll remove that back pot and I'll honor the front pot. But if you want to go forward into what I've called you to do, if you really want to walk with this, then I need to take that front pot off. Take that pot that's on the back of the stove and I need to put it on the front burner. And with that, I will turn up the heat. But the choice is up to you. You see, in that moment, God gave me an out. I could go with the good. I could stay with the comfortable. He was still going to love me and he was still going to bless me. Or he could let me take that totally off the stove. Let him take that totally off the stove. Move things around. Take me out of my comfort zone and turn up the heat. You see, sometimes again, along the way, God will give us an out. The question is, am I going to go with that out or am I going to go the distance with him? Again, the same concept is in the book of Ruth with Ruth and Naomi. Naomi gave them an out. Ofra took that out and she went back to what she knew. Ruth trusted She took the risk. She went with Naomi to a country she didn't know, and actually that opened the door for her to enter into the lineage of Jesus Christ. You see, we have to anticipate a double portion of the blessing when we walk with God. Facing our future requires refusing to stay put and to keep going with God. It requires us to refuse to stop short of the fullness of all God has. Reading on, we're told that Elijah saw, Elisha saw Elijah go up to heaven in a chariot. It was painful. That moment was painful. He tore his cloak and he cried out in distress. You know, sometimes there's a moment of, oh, no, as we move forward. I remember my last Sunday on staff at church. I went out in the parking lot and I just cried. Oh, my gosh, it was so painful to know I was leaving that season behind. And yet it was only a couple minutes and I remember sitting there and I pulled myself together and I said, okay, God, here we go. Here we go. It's time. It's time. Let's move. Let's move into this new season. So sometimes there is a moment of, oh, no, as we move forward. The question is, will I move forward? Sometimes we also find that those who have walked with us for a season are moved on to something else but we have to keep walking where God's called us to go. Sometimes we find ourselves moved from being the student to being the teacher. Are we willing to make the leap? It's not up to us whether we feel qualified. It's up to the God we serve and what he says and how he defines us and that identity. Isaiah 43, 16 to 21 says, Yahweh is the one who makes a way in the sea, a pathway in the mighty waters. He destroyed chariots and horses and all their mighty warriors. They fell never to rise again. Gone forever, snuffed out like a wick. This is what he says. Stop dwelling on the past. Don't even remember these former things. I am doing something brand new, something unheard of. Even now it sprouts and it grows and it matures. Don't you perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and open up flowing streams in the desert. Wild beasts, jackals, and owls will fortify me. For I supply the streams of water in the desert and the rivers in the wilderness to satisfy the thirst of my people, my chosen ones, so that you, whom I have shaped and formed for myself, will proclaim my praise. So I want us to take a moment. I really want us to understand each one of us is intentionally positioned by God to have impact. You are, I am, intentionally positioned by God to have impact. We have to take time again to look at the belief system, the lies, the words spoken over us, the earthly realities, the things that hold us back or hinder us from truly having the impact God intends us to have. Those things that are there trying to hold us back and make us become stagnant. Psalm 37, 34 out of the Passion Translation says, So don't be impatient for the Lord to act. Keep moving forward steadily in his ways, and he will exalt you at the right time. And when he does, you will possess every promise, including your full inheritance. You will watch with your own eyes and see the wicked lose everything. So remember that moving forward is vital. It can be difficult to see the training that is happening, especially in the moments when we believe that we will never see or find our purpose. An example would be the exercise. I can dream about exercise, but if I never start exercising, I will never get in shape. Medical science shows that if we exercise all through our lives, it has a cumulative effect. In other words, if we hit a point where we cannot exercise due to a medical reason, we still benefit from all the years of the exercise. When I keep exercising day after day, I can't see the impact that it will have later on, but I still have to keep moving forward. We can't become so focused on our purpose that we forget to focus on the giver of the purpose. Always keep that focus on God. Always. Always. The only way we will ever find the fullness of the purpose that God has for us, the only way we're ever going to walk it out is to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Remember, through the way, we have to keep moving, and we're going to make some missteps. We're going to feel like we step even off the path. But when they, in the hands of the Almighty God, these missteps become a learning ground, they become a proving ground, they become a refining ground, and they become clay. I become clay in the hands of my precious Savior. You see, it's only in Christ that I can truly find out who and what I am to live for. It's only through Him that I can keep moving forward. Proverbs 4.25 says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. And that is my charge to you today. Again, out of Proverbs 4.25, the Passion Translation, set your gaze. O Son of God, O Daughter of God, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead, ignore life's distractions and keep moving. You're on a path. You're on a path with the Lord. Don't stop. Don't become stagnant. Keep moving with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Fix your gaze on him. Let it be super glue that it can't be moved. Be so blessed. Are you struggling to walk in the fullness of the plans and purpose that God has for you? Why not order Ruth's book, Physician, How to Be Aligned and Empowered to Walk in Your Divine Destiny. Available in print, ebook, book or audio on Amazon today